This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. The Plains of Existence From arid deserts to icy mountains, massive forests to unfathomable depths, a world in Dungeons & Dragons offers a great myriad of locations to explore and plunder. For many adventurers, this world will be all they ever know, with no inkling of anything beyond. But the truth is that the cosmology of D&D is expansive, encompassing numerous alternative planes of existence. Places where elementals, aliens, demons, fairies, and even gods call home. Places where an adventurer might find some new friends or allies, or places where they would be quite unwelcome or where it might be impossible to visit at all. This video will only skim the surface of the extensive information that has been written about the various planes of existence over the years, but it might spark some interesting ideas for some alternative adventures. The specifics of cosmology for D&D were first presented in an article in Dragon Magazine No. 8, written by Gary Gygax in 1977. The article, titled Planes, the Concepts of Spatial, Temporal, and Physical Relationships in D&D, outlines much of the same structure that we still use today, with the positive and negative, elemental, astral, and outer planes all present. The concept of the alternate planes would be greatly expanded upon ten years later, in the Manual of the Planes for First Edition AD&D. This book would provide much more info about the different elemental planes, the astral plane, the different outer planes, and others. Things would become further codified with the introduction of the Planescape setting in 1994 for second edition AD&D, a complete campaign setting that would bring the concept of alternate planes of existence to the forefront. Planescape would bring the general cosmology of D&D much closer in line with what we know today, and would rename a number of them. A second version of the Manual of the Planes would be published in 2001 for 3rd edition, bringing plenty of details borrowed from Planescape, but 4th edition D&D would change a number of details, with a third version of the Manual of the Planes in 2008. Finally, that leads us to 5th edition D&D which would revert the cosmology back to the way it was in 3rd edition, although we have yet to see another Manual of the Planes. This video will use 5th edition for the basic framework of the cosmology, but will take many details from the 3rd edition Manual of the Planes. Let's start by looking at the big picture of the entire cosmology, generally referred to as the Great Wheel. In the center of the wheel is the Material Plane, containing all of normal physical existence. Immediately above this plane is the Feywild, home of Fey creatures, and below is the Shadowfell, its opposite, home to negative energy and the undead. Surrounding these three planes is the Ethereal Plane, one of the transitive planes, akin to an ocean of mist that is used for transportation between different planes. Beyond this we have what's referred to as the Inner Planes, which include the primary four elemental planes, 
air, earth, fire, and water, all suspended within the elemental chaos, a hodgepodge of every element churning together. Past that, we have the outer planes, 16 different planes based on alignments, the homes of many gods and their minions. Finally, you have the astral plane, another transitive plane consisting of a great silvery sea. Obviously, the concept of the Great Wheel is just an abstraction of the exact nature of the cosmology, and all of these planes are actually infinite in size. Other planes that exist that aren't included in the Great Wheel are such things as the Far Realm, an alien universe beyond the norm, other planes of concepts such as dreams or time, demi-planes which are small pocket dimensions of finite size, and the Outlands, where the crossroads city of Sigil is located. That's a lot to take in, so we'll break things down, starting with the material plane. In layman's terms, the material plane is where a typical D&D campaign takes place, consisting of different mortal locations and peoples. It also, however, is where every D&D campaign takes place, across an infinite number of worlds of different forms and specifics. These are not different planets scattered across the same galaxy, but rather each a different universe across an infinite multiverse, all contained within the material plane of existence. It is therefore certainly possible to travel between universes using magic to access one of the transitive planes. The material plane is the most diverse of the planes, infinite in its possibilities and its variety of creatures. It is also likely to be the safest for your average adventurer to traverse, for the most part, as the material plane is what we would consider to be normal. The Feywild and the Shadowfell are both considered parallel planes to the material plane, meaning that they each are reflections of the material multiverse. A location in the Feywild matches up exactly with a location somewhere in the material plane, and vice versa. This allows for much easier traversal between these planes, leading to the greater prevalence of fey creatures and undead creatures in the material plane. Both are realms of potent energy, and neither are places where a typical adventurer would feel welcome. The Feywild is home to many unpleasant creatures, both mischievous and malicious, such as the Eldrin, sprites, satyrs, and giants. While the Shadowfell is home to large amounts of undead creatures, such as ghosts and vampires. Both are habitable planes for typical humanoids, the Feywild a bit more so than the Shadowfell, but neither one is likely to be especially pleasant. Still, if one were looking to dip their toes into alternative planes of existence, there are worse places to visit. The Ethereal Plane is also somewhat parallel to the Material Plane as well as the inner planes, so that each location in those physical planes has a corresponding location on the ethereal. It is a realm of infinite mist, home to various magical creatures that hunt would-be travelers, but aside from those, it is habitable for an average humanoid. A traveler typically enters the ethereal plane physically, rather than projecting themselves like in the astral plane and thus they are bound by physical means of movement across the plane, although they can move freely up or down. In a sense, the ethereal plane is even closer linked to the material plane than the Feywild and Shadowfell, 
since a traveler in the ethereal plane can view the material plane the entire time. The material plane is viewed as blurred and indistinct, so it can be difficult to see specifics while in the ethereal realm, but one benefit is that you can easily pass through physical objects in the material plane while traveling. It's therefore possible for someone traveling in the ethereal to easily move underground or up into the sky before moving back into the material plane. It's not an especially exciting place, and not a plane ripe with adventure, but it is useful for getting around the material or elemental planes. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Speaking of the elemental planes, I already went over these in my elementals video, but just to recap, each plane is a realm entirely composed of a single element, fire, earth, air, and water. Most of these planes are therefore inimical to normal life, either being an endless sea of fire, an infinite expanse of rock, an open ocean, or simply sky as far as the eye can see. Although they are infinite in a sense, they do have borders with each other, which creates areas generally referred to as the para-elemental planes, where water meets air creates the ice plane, and where earth meets fire creates the magma plane. Additionally, there are certain pockets of civilization that make their home in each of the planes, generally consisting of creatures that can natively live there such as burrowing creatures in the earth plane or aquatic creatures in the water plane. Some will welcome humanoid visitors to their cities, such as the city of brass in the plane of fire. Surrounding the elemental planes, composed of all of the elementals churning together, is the elemental chaos, an endless expanse of raw, tumultuous elemental energy. Next, we have the Outer Planes, and truthfully, these deserve their own video due to their quantity and variety. In summary though, these 16 planes each correspond to a different alignment within the universe of D&D. For those unfamiliar, alignment in D&D is a moral and ethical categorization of every creature in existence, from the most simple creature to the highest of deities. There are essentially two metrics to determine this how lawful or chaotic a creature is, and how good or evil the creature is. Creatures that land towards the middle of either metric are known as neutral. This leads to a total of nine different alignments, lawful good, neutral, and evil, chaotic good, neutral, and evil, neutral good, and neutral evil, and finally, true neutral, exactly in the center. As there are 16 outer planes based on alignments, a number of them blend together a couple, such as the beast lands combining neutral, chaotic, and good. Some of the more notable outer planes include the Abyss, home of demons, the Nine Hells, home of devils, and Mount Celestia, home to a number of good aligned deities and angels. Each outer plane is controlled by one or more deities, shaped and crafted by their will. 
Each one is infinite in size, like most of the other planes, although generally only a small part of it is perceptible to mortals. An individual's experience in each of these realms is based on two factors, one being their own personal alignment. If a good-aligned creature visits an evil-aligned plane, they will feel discordant and uncomfortable, regardless of if they're welcome there or not. The second factor is based on the whims of the deity controlling the plane. If the god of the plane doesn't want you in its home, chances are you won't be there for very long. In addition to direct intervention, the deity also has control over the landscape and terrain itself, capable of making what would normally be a short journey across the plane into a never-ending trek. On the flip side, being in favor with the deity of a plane can easily make the experience quite pleasant, and the plane can act as a safe haven from outsiders. As I said though, there's simply too much variety to the outer planes to cover in this summary. Countless creatures call the outer planes their home, from angels to devils to the spirits of the dead. Travel to the outer planes is typically done via astral projection or through magical portals. There are a few other ways of traversing them, though, notably simply by walking. Each outer plane is in fact physically connected to two other planes, although finding out exactly where this border is and where it's thin enough to cross can be tricky. This border is not a sudden shift, but rather a gradual change from one plane to the other. The outer planes are therefore laid out in a physical sense in a formation pretty close to a wheel, with planes close in alignment next to one another. The outer planes are all also connected to the Outlands, a broad circular region that borrows a bit from every one of the outer planes, becoming a rather neutral zone, resembling a world from the material plane. In fact, the Outlands could be considered the outer plane of no alignment, or of true neutral. The Outlands, like everything else I've discussed, is also infinite in size, but it does have a center, where there is a spire shooting straight up into the sky. This spire is infinitely tall, even though you can see the top of it, and at the top of this infinitely tall spire is a city in the shape of a floating ring. This city is known as Sigil, or the City of Doors. The city of Sigil is a great crossroads of the plains, home to creatures of every type and alignment, from angels to devils to humans and gith. The city is known for possessing countless portals that lead to every corner of the multiverse, although knowing the exact key for opening these portals is a bit trickier. It's also known that no deity is allowed in Sigil, and they couldn't get in even if they wanted to. They are prevented entry by the singular ruler of the city, the Lady of Pain, a highly mysterious yet powerful entity. Sigil is a central location in the Planescape campaign setting, and also could use its own video. As mentioned, the Astral Plane is another transitive plane used for travel, although unlike the Ethereal Plane which one physically traverses, the Astral Plane is typically only visited through projections. The astral plane is the means by which magical portals and other instantaneous teleportation operate, as it encompasses all of the space between planes. 
While many adventurers will be happy simply stepping through portals to bounce between planes without knowing that the astral plane is even involved, some will actively project themselves to visit it. It appears as a great endless sphere of clear, silvery sky, with tube-shaped clouds slowly moving in the distance, and erratic whirlpools of color flicking through the air. There is little else to note in this realm, aside from the floating husks of forgotten gods, but a person projecting themselves into this plane is not bound by physical means, so they can travel much quicker. Most adventurers won't have much to do with the astral plane, but it could be a way to traverse different planes if portals aren't of any use. There are plenty of other planes, from the alien far realm to countless demi-planes, but this should serve as a summary. Alternate planes can often be a very fun source of adventure or misadventure, and entire campaigns can take place in realms such as the Feywild or Sigil. In just the same way though, most campaigns will never step away from the material plane, and that's just fine too. If you're looking to spice things up though, consider taking a look beyond the material, as there are quite literally an infinite amount of possibilities out there.